The Coin Week podcast is brought to you by PCGS, the standard in the rare coin grading industry. Get facts about coins, population data, and the web's largest library of high-resolution coin photos and more by going to PCGS's website at www.pcgs.com. This week, Barbara Howard from Women on 20s joins us to talk about Andrew Jackson, Harriet Tubman, and the Treasury Department's 180-degree turn on changing the design of the $20 bill and why it has taken so long for Secretary Steve Mnuchin to transparently state what he's likely known all along, that Jackson is staying. Contemporary coverage of numismatics is often steeped in the political, and we will dig right into this topic next on the Coin Week Podcast. Hi, Barbara. Thanks for joining me again on the Coin Week podcast. Thanks, Charles, for having me. It's a pleasure to get back with you. So I'm very excited, and I know you are too. We're just one year away from using our very first Tubman notes, right? Well, uh, we were very close, right? And uh, it seems to be getting ever further away from us um, more than another 10 years, uh, about another 10 years at the last uh, report from the Secretary of of the Treasury last week. It's interesting. Uh, November 2016 was an inflection point in modern American history. The incoming administration had beliefs and policy objectives that were polar opposites of those that the uh, outgoing administration had. I think there's no denying that. And uh, just to let you know, uh, some of the folks listening to the Coin Week podcast today uh, voted for that change, while others may have seen that outcome as uh, being startling or probably even troubling to their values. I remember that night uh, quite clearly, the night of the election. Um, I was driving uh, up to Philadelphia to pay a visit to the United States Mint for the uh, ceremonial striking of the Lions Club dollar. Uh, on that drive, I had quite a bit of time to think and reflect on the, this, you know, history-making moment. And the first thing that came to my mind as a numismatist was, what was to become of the Harriet Tubman $20 bill redesign? I was certain, given the president-elect's rhetoric on the campaign trail and uh, comments that uh, he and other uh, Republican candidates made during the debates, uh, that the incoming administration uh, might reverse course on Secretary Liu's decision to make a change to the design of the 20 and the 10 and the 5, and that we would probably not see Harriet Tubman on a U.S. currency note, at least not while President Trump was in office. Uh, I talked to my colleagues at Coin Week about my feelings and uh, how we might approach this subject, uh, and I think they felt that it might be unfair to speculate on the fate of the redesign because the new administration had not yet taken office, and it would be better to cover the issue if something happened and just assume that things are staying the course unless we found out otherwise. Still, I feel like I'm pretty good at reading tea leaves. And I saw the president's uh, publicly stated fondness for Andrew Jackson. Jackson had only uh, really become a subject of public discussion recently due to your group's wildly successful viral media campaign to displace him from the note. 
And I think also there is uh, some uh, corollary to the movement that's taken place in the last few years to remove Confederate statues. There's sort of been a balking at a what some people feel is a revision and other people feel is a reckoning about American history. One of Mr. Trump's first steps after the election was to visit Jackson's Hermitage in Tennessee. Uh, he later installed a portrait of Jackson in the Oval Office in a prominent location. And his longtime friend and advisor, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, made remarks comparing uh, the president-elect favorably to Andrew Jackson in a television interview. And in May of 2017, Mr. Trump came on SiriusXM's POTUS channel and made numerous remarks about his admiration of Old Hickory. And uh, so on election night and thinking about the Tubman node, I thought, well, here we go. The culture war again, only this time the battle will be about maintaining the status quo and mounting a resistance to changing or updating the symbols of American identity on the $20 bill. Uh, Congress has tried to get a straight answer from Treasury, of course, about the redesign, uh, especially uh, Democratic lawmakers. Uh, and the closest that I think we've come to getting that answer came a few short weeks ago when Secretary Steve Mnuchin gave his most direct remarks to date when speaking in front of the House Financial Services Committee, where he told Representative Ayanna Presley that work on the $20 bill had been pushed to 2028. And uh, when he was directly you know, asked on whether he had any intention of in executing the redesign as planned by his predecessor, uh, Secretary Mnuchin was opaque, saying he had not made a decision to execute on the redesign or not execute on the redesign. So now to make it clear, okay, again, to people listening to the podcast, for the next 20 or 30 minutes, we're going to do a deep dig into this issue. When Secretary Liu issued an open letter to the American people on April 20, 2016, he announced that he had ordered the Treasury to redesign the 20, the 10, and the 5. Uh, this was not a statement of, hey, we're going to look into it and see what we can do, uh, or we're considering changing it. Uh, Lou's statement was actually, I have made this decision. We are redesigning the notes. Work to put this policy into effect is now in motion. Uh, we are doing this. So that was what Lou did. Uh, the Treasury Secretary uh, has the power to make this decision. A lot of people don't realize this. Uh, it, it was his decision to make. If we're going to redesign the notes, the Secretary of the Treasury can do this. Um, had this been an issue of coin design, however, it would have fallen onto Congress to make the decision, but this was not a coin. Uh, and even when Congress puts coin legislation into effect, they leave it up to the Secretary of the Treasury to approve the designs. But again, not a coin. Federal Reserve note, Secretary of Treasury's 100% uh, his decision made. And so here we are, and that decision's been made, and it was a requirement for the uh, BEP to carry this out, uh, and it was put into writing, and, uh, and it was signed. Um, and this policy has been rescinded by Treasury Secretary Mnuchin. He would have been the only individual with the authority in Treasury to do that. Uh, it is a reversal of the previous instruction. And I argue that since, uh, you know, we believe that the work on the note uh, redesign stopped in 2017, based on information that I have, uh, that the suspension of the project had to follow a written order 
by the secretary. And I argue that uh, since we believe that the work on the note redesign stopped in 2017, and this is based on some information that I have, that the suspension of this project would have had a paper trail leading back to the secretary. Uh, because when a new administration comes into power, uh, the career officials and workers at the various departments of the government do not stop what they are doing looking for policy instruction from the incoming administration. There is continuity until that instruction comes. Uh, and I argue that it is Mnuchin's right to stop the process. You know, he can make that call. Uh, but what I would like to see about this whole process is transparency and accountability for the decisions that are being made. And for some reason, and I, I don't understand why, but we have not seen that. So Barbara, you were heavily involved in the conversation to get the Treasury to consider changing the designs of the notes um, and seeing how things have developed in the course of the past two years. I just wanted to have you on and get your thoughts about it and see if you know anything that we don't. Well, you, you touched on quite a few items there, Charles, and, and we would agree with you that we did not feel so hopeful about our possible changes when that uh, election result was uh, finalized because of, of uh, the president-elect's earlier comments uh, during the campaign when Lou first made the announcement, he he actually uh, started out saying in the ninth way, oh, Harriet Thelma's wonderful, but, uh, you know, Jackson's been on there a long time, and, you know, to change it, that's just political correctness. So, he and he ramped it up. He was kind of almost getting heated and angry about it uh, when he was talking. So, I mean, that kind of was something that we had heard pretty loud and clear early on that he was not a fan of uh, the uh, the change and and you may remember during the early part of the Republican primary uh, debates the, the the grouping was asked well who would they want on the ten dollar bill and you know m most of them fumbled uh, I think Jeb Bush said Margaret Thatcher, and uh, most of them said their mother. Uh, but one in the group said Rosa Parks, and then actually Trump said Rosa Parks. So that was an, an interesting thing. He had a more intelligible uh, response uh, than just like your mother or something, or you know, some half remark. When we presented to the uh, Treasury that we, we are women on 20s, not women on 10s, and they announced at the moment that we came to them uh, that they wanted to have a woman on the 10, and that, that's what they were going to roll with. They were going to basically take uh, a page out of our playbook and went public and asked people to write in who they wanted. And it wasn't going to be a tally vote. It was just going to be a sense of what it was. But during the course of that whole campaign, yes, they didn't, they didn't really think about this as good marketeers, that a month after, a month after they um, make the announcement, this wildly, wildly popular Broadway play hits and Everybody just loves Hamilton, the immigrant that can make things happen. 
the father, you know, on our $10 bill. And so they ran smack into that. And interestingly, uh, the Obamas and the Lou, the Lou family, they went to see that play quite a few times. And they, and, and Lou had said that, look, he in his heart was always a Hamilton fan. That he had a picture of Hamilton in his office. So he was always a fan of Hamilton and was not a fan of having him replaced. But being that that was the next bill to be remake, you know, to have a makeover, the treasurer of the United States at the time was lobbying for, she said since Tim Geithner's time, to have Susan B. Anthony on the $10 bill. So that was going to be a top-down process. And for us, one of the critical things, like rather than just write the government and say, hey, why don't you do this, we wanted to have a dialogue, a national conversation about who are our heroes and whose values do we want to align ourselves with and who, who's your hero? So, and who's your woman hero? Because, you know, women are going to have the right to vote as per the Constitution now in 2020 for 100 years. And it's time to recognize the contributions of women to our society and to celebrate the beginning of women being able to participate in the, um, the, the voting of, of who becomes our elected officials. Of course, um, not all women gain the right. They may, they may have by law gained the right, but not all women were actually uh, given the privilege with all of the Jim Crow and uh, other uh, obstacles to voting for people of color and voter suppression and changes and poll taxes and a variety of ways to keep people from voting. But by law, in 1920, it became that women could finally vote after uh, 300 years of not participating in, in our government for being taxed and uh, women finally prevailed in having that right given to them. And it cannot be overlooked at how, how important that, that was. And so those two things, changing the $20 bill, the most widely used bill in the United States and around the world, save the $100 bill, the bill that comes out of our ATM, the reward, the feeling that women could finally have to see someone of their own gender being represented um, would speak volumes. So we wanted the $20 bill. We're not, you know, they wanted to do the $10 bill too. That would be fine with us. We suggested to them a vignette because we realized during our campaign that the vote for suffragists was split. It would be very hard to pick just one suffragist. The suffragist movement was built on the backs of many women uh, and not just one single or two single people. So we suggested a vignette. They took that up. They were going to do that on the back of the $10 bill because the theme of the back of the $10 bill has to do with the Treasury building where the suffragists actually did uh, have their, their one of their initial protests in 1913. So it, it felt like that was a great tie-in. And then they were also going to change the five, right? And now, uh, and, and with, with 
putting on the, the birth side of that at the Lincoln Memorial, Marian Anderson, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Martin Luther King. And now there's really the five is all the way in the back of the line. Uh, the 50 came into it since 2016 when it wasn't part of the mix at all. So it was the 10, and then it was going to be the 5 and the 20. Now it's the 10, the 50, and then the 20, and then the 5. Well, I want to talk about this in a little more detail. Um, there are things that I have been told by people who work at the BEP, uh, and obviously uh, the USA Today recently reached out to both of us to get our comments about the issue. Uh, and I think that the mainstream media wants to follow this issue for various reasons, which you know are more political than numismatic. But I think what your movement did in opening a dialogue about the place of Jackson on our money and your call to put the portrait of an important American woman on the $20 bill in 2020 to mark the centennial of the ratification of the 19th Amendment is poetic in a way. Again, um, the movement was around replacing Jackson with a portrait of a woman, not an African-American woman or a Native American woman, but an American woman. Uh, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, I will remind people, was a finalist. Uh, but ultimately, the voters who participated in your uh, survey uh, voted for Harriet Tubman. Uh, and so this was a symbolic victory. Uh, the Treasury had no requirement to act on your initiative, but obviously your campaign had a direct impact on Lou's decision-making. I come about redesigning our currency from a different angle. Uh, I support the redesign of not just the 20, but all American currency notes. And let me explain why. First, some people are reluctant to change anything. They like the status quo, and either through personal preference to maintain things that are familiar or support of those symbols, or even perhaps a distaste for the new, they hold a position that is against change, and that's a valid position. Um, others might bristle at the idea that, you know, here we are in the 21st century attacking a 19th century president, ascribing our values onto this person and making a point to say all these terrible things about him as justification to remove him from the currency and replace him with somebody that a group of people might seem more deserving or correct. And some of the justifications for removing Jackson, you know, he's a slaveholder, uh, could be said about Washington, could be said about Jefferson as well. Uh, and I think it's better for all of us to avoid unnecessary drama and conflict uh, because nuanced conversations aren't happening and aren't likely to happen about any of these topics. Uh, and so instead of pointing out the myriad ways that Jackson had major flaws as a person and as a president, uh, because he's not alone in that regard, I think that we're better off with a modernization campaign of all the designs, geared around presenting American money as something modern, beautiful, and celebratory of the last century of American greatness, you know, Americans, you know, did some incredible things in the last 100 years, uh, men and women and people from all corners of American society. And I think that would be uh, perfectly emblematic of America to feature these motifs on our paper money, like other countries do with their uh, historical figures when they redesign their paper money. Uh, my problem with the presidents is uh, these are politicians. They were elected. They were elected to serve four-year terms. 
And uh, even those that might not have been elected but were framers, you know, Hamilton and Franklin, uh, they did not want or believe in an imperial coinage uh, and wouldn't support an imperial currency. Uh, these figures belong in our history books. They deserve to be studied. They deserve to be commemorated. Uh, they deserve to have memorials built to them. Um, but it's an affront, I think, to Americans of today to be told that what you do in this country does not matter and will never matter as much as the achievements these people made. And to be told you're stuck with them forever because political correctness dictates that you never raise any objection to the permanence of art bearing the likeness of presidents whose relevance to everyday Americans today rests almost solely on the fact that their pictures are stamped on our money. Uh, and as a collector, uh, I think a major overhaul of our designs would open the door to new collectors to enter the fold and would be a boon to our hobby. Because obviously once things become obsolete, they become more collected. And once new things come to the hobby, they, they garner excitement and enthusiasm. So I also called Lou's announcement to put a woman on the tens uh, and only later to change course and announce that it was a 20 uh, was uh, a pandering. Um, and what I meant by this was that I felt that his sudden change of course, which I believe is due to an outcry over Hamilton being removed due to his musical, uh, and then immediately shift gears to the 20, uh, when we all know how slow the Treasury usually is in making these decisions, I, I felt that that was pandering. I felt he didn't have the core of his conviction and when he made the announcement or his initial announcement was incomplete and he didn't f fully elaborate on what his plans were. I, I, yeah, I don't think that he changed course so quickly. In fact, I was very pleased with the intention and the diligence that he put into the process to listen to America for the first time. Now, there was widespread input into what we wanted our currency to look like. And I have to commend uh, the Secretary for having that vision and saying, look, you know, we can change rebuild. We can, we can modernize it in that way. So that was going to be a pretty big sweeping um, change, a set of changes to really reflect a little bit more on women's history and civil rights at the same time, and uh, very important. So at the same time, I wouldn't disagree with the Treasury that one of the key aspects of the design or the, the success of our notes is the recognizability of them around the world. Everybody knows them as Ben's and George's and, you know, they, they're very recognizable, highly recognized to have um, a multitude of different bases or constant changes could disrupt the power of our of our currency, two-thirds of which is used at the country. And some countries, as you know, are, are dollarized. So I understand the importance of having some kind of standard-bearing image, and that image has to really be more in line with where our values are. When you talk about Harriet Tubman and the her being a freedom fighter, someone who uh, felt she would do anything for liberty. If she, you know, there was two things she could have, liberty or death. If she couldn't have the one, she'd have the other. So 
liberty being so fundamental to our core beliefs. Whereas with Jackson, his beliefs were about slave trading, that that was, that was um, something that we could go along with, that that was a, um, a good thing to have, and to have the genocide of Native Americans and, and, and relocate them. That's not controversial. That's wrong. He went in, he went in the face of Congress. He, 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 you know, he didn't, he didn't want to reauthorize the bank, uh, and almost through the, and through the country into a depression after, you know, his terms were over. So he caused a lot of damage and we have to recognize how we got to this place today, how we got so polarized, how we have such deep-rooted racism in our country, and that, that's really where we are at, and that we have to evolve from that. So I think rather than just being kind of, oh, let's just have a nice together party, that's not going to work until we have a truth and reconciliation about how we got here. Uh, once you know that the truth of, of an Andrew Jackson, yes, there were all slave owners, and that was that was part of it, you have, but that doesn't make it right. But being a slave trader really distinguishes Jackson from the rest of the group. I think it's also worth pointing out that, you know, Harriet Tubman was a gun-toting Republican. She's a gun-toting Republican. She's a faithful person, someone who is deeply religious and guided by faith. You know, she was a suffragist. She was the first woman to lead a military expedition to Combahee, a very race-freeing 800 slaves. Uh, and recruiting for the uh, Union Army. She had a fight for her pension, and instead of getting $25, by the way, she got $20 a month. So who doesn't, who deserves to be on a $20 bill more than Harriet Tubman? I don't know. But she certainly saved our country and brought it together then, and my hope is that she can do this again. And I want people listening to this to keep in mind again, you know, this is a numismatic topic uh, and people of all political persuasions are going to listen to this podcast and you know they're they're probably as tired as anyone to have to listen to politics all the time uh, but let's talking about Harriet Tubman I mean during her life after the Civil War uh, she was celebrated by her contemporaries you know upon news of her death she was commemorated uh, so this is not some fringe minor historical person that was dug up from the annals in order to give some academic from UC Berkeley a cause de celebre. Uh, the pension uh, that Barbara uh, is talking about only happened because Congress recognized uh, the importance of her role during the Civil War and voted to give Harriet Tubman that pension in 1898. They recognized her contributions to the war and to the country, and that was a special concession that they, they voted on to give her that $20 a month pension. You know, I, I think many of the reasons that people, you know, want to support keeping Jackson today on the note are, you know, they're well-intentioned, but I, I think sometimes they're misguided. Uh, and, I, and I think it's unfortunate that people only want to see what they choose to see when they look at American history. Uh, but, but I'm not going to try to relitigate history during, you know, our conversation. Uh, on the topic of the proposed Tubman note, you know, I was told by a BEP employee uh, someone with direct knowledge of the situation, that all work on that project had been shelved, and that the reorganization of which notes 
would be updated was done at the behest of the Treasury in order to kick the $20 redesign down the road. So if a decision was going to be made to take it up again, it wouldn't be until after of the end of the potential second term of the Trump presidency. Uh, so if the issue is going to be revisited, it'll have to be by another administration in the future. It's always, it was always going to be down the road. You know, that they're going to reveal the design in 2020 and then have it not go into circulation until around 2026. Because that's just how damn slow they are. They, they're, like, insanely slow. Other currencies, you know, within a year or two years, like, they're able to turn around their currency. We are not. There's all kinds of claims. Well, you know, we have our currency is much more fragile. People want to uh, counterfeit our money. They don't want to counterfeit other. But there are measures of other countries and how much they are counterfeited, and it's much, much lower. And the reason we're changing the ten, by the way, is not because the volume is higher or the value is higher. No, it's because the percentage relative to the number of bills in circulation is higher, which isn't a very good measure. It's like a very antiquated kind of measure. The $10 bill was redesigned in 2006. The, 10, the 20 was redesigned in 2003. And, and the 50 was in 2009. So why are they, why are they moving the way they're moving? It's, it's not. It's informed by this ACD group, the interagency anti-counterfeiting deterrence group made of Secret Service and the FRB and BEP and the Treasury and uh, banks. By the way, uh, do you have any contacts with uh, current officials or, or staff at the Treasury? It sounds like you did when uh, Secretary Liu was was in office. Most of those people left. Uh, you may recall that the treasurer, Rosie Rios, left before the end of her term. Uh, Secretary Lou, we haven't spoken with him. But well, he was really moving along with the design. Uh, and, and, you know, all the people that were on staff, most of those people left. Um, I believe, I don't think there was anybody, and I know some of them are gone to other congressional areas. They've They've just gone to other departments um, outside of the executive branch. So, unfortunately, we don't have any contacts, but we also didn't want to engage them. They were ignoring the situation at best. For a while, they were saying, look, we haven't changed anything. Everything is going along the way it was, and we're not changing anything for the moment. So, we didn't want to really engage them and make this a high-priority issue. There's number of people say, like, with all the things that are going on, you mean you're focusing on that? And it's just one piece of a big puzzle. So we haven't, we haven't had any contact, but we, except for the fact that we knew that the design usually in the past had not preceded the development of the security features. The security features would always come first, and then they would do the design. And where they could fit the image of uh, the, the person who is representing the bill. I talked to uh, one of the designers of the $100 bill. 
He's a veteran of the department for over 20 years. They have an apprenticeship program, and, you know, they learn how to do all the fonts and all the lettering and keep everything very uniform for, again, that reason of maintaining the recognizability of U.S. currency. And, you know, once the security features were in place and where that blue ribbon was actually going to be, that made room for where Benjamin Franklin's face was going to be. And I asked him, I said, how come this built us like 15 years? Like It's like 13 or 14 years for the actual money to be finalized and then the FRB orders the money and that's like a year or two process alone in that from when they say, okay, give us, you know, a bazillion new $100 bills. Well, that order, is FRB is really the customer who's saying print this much, print that much, do this, do that. That That's a couple of year process right there. So that's why they would say the design is one year and then the actual being the circulation is some other time uh, because FRB has to weigh in on how many bills need to be printed at that point in time. The design you had in the past always come after. And what um, Secretary Liu was going for was let's do the design first. They picked the portrait for Harriet Tubman. They picked portraits for the vignette. They picked portraits for everything. And the theme was picked. They have like these themes of democracy and various themes. So they, they picked their theme for the new series of bills. They picked the design, the, the, the way the imagery would be, and then they wanted to insert the security features. Did you get to see the uh, portraits uh, and themes? There's a widely circulated uh, image of Lou showing off an engraving at Tubman. But did the Treasury give you any opportunities to see the portraits or the themes that they had designed for these notes? I see it. I didn't see it. Um, I, I know other people who did get to see it. And it was, it's, a, it's an image that hadn't been seen before, not the one that uh, now has been displayed at the uh, National Museum of African American History and Culture which was a rare photo that um, got found uh, after the announcement. Interestingly, somebody had an album that they had been holding on to. And like you said, you know, what makes something collectible, that was, uh, that album went for $165,000. It gets a pretty high value just to say what people would want to pay, you know, for this treasure. Um, and it was really a treasure trove of other abolitionists as well, but the main one was a young Harriet Tubman, a picture I hadn't been seen because she was smart enough to know, like, and 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 even if, you know, like, I have my picture taken and people see what I look like, I'm more likely to get captured. There's a big bounty on my head, so I'm, I'm going to refrain from having my picture taken or circulated around because she used to dress up like a man or very she would pretend to read a newspaper in the train just to throw people off like she protected her identity in a way that people today can't even figure out how to do but she was so smart so so crafty so that what made that picture that photograph so very valuable that it was a young powerful Tubman 
uh, looking very elegant, looking very beautiful. And it's not the picture that we usually see. I mean, pictures of women generally, you know, they were born when they were like 84 years old, right? <laughs> All our women heroes, you see them, oh, you know, they were always 80, right? So what's your plan going forward, Barbara? Obviously, uh, I don't think you're going to have a receptive department of the Treasury now. Uh, but, you know, that could change. They could change course. I think, yeah, and it will change. I, I think that our, our our plan is what it was actually uh, after the announcement was to, and, and since the election, was to celebrate all things Tubman. And there's been so many celebrations, statues erected in different places and murals being painted either by design or just because people are inspired and people who have created all kinds of artwork in this country and around the world and submitted it to us and uh, the, the the stamp now that people are using to actually uh, replace Jackson on his own bill. If you don't do it, they're taking matters into their own hands and stamping it or writing on it. We have, there's a write-on campaign, you know, in the old days. They write on. Well, there's a write-on, Harriet Tubman, right across, you know, Jackson, all of which is legal. And uh, Women on 20s has their own stamp, which we stopped selling a while ago, but I think we're going to be providing that again because people just want it. So we're going to provide it and um, let people take matters into their own hands. Congress is uh, considering uh, H.R. 1083, the Aria Tubman tribute bill, uh, to have her honored on the $20 bill. And even though it is in the purview of the Secretary of the Treasury to make the decision of whose image it is, well, there's also been president where the Congress has said, look, nobody can change the $1 bill. George Washington is on there until you change that law. So there is a law about that. There's a law that in God we trust uh, being on the bill. I think that came on during the Eisenhower era. So Congress has intervened from time to time and there's a bill in Congress. There's a bill in the Senate. I think the bill in Congress has been moved along to the Finance Committee. I believe that is what sparked the conversation between uh, Representative Presley and uh, the Secretary of Treasury last week. So I think that that created some questions in her mind as to, like, why are you going forward with this? This is a popular choice. This was a democratically arrived choice. Women want to be recognized. Uh, and by making that shift, by putting that out there, we're changing the narrative here from the dom who's dominant in this society to being a more true representative uh, democracy of all the contributors, who who's made our society what it is. And certainly uh, the 51% of this population that has been under-recognized uh, in, in our public and, and cultural landscape, time for them to be recognized because those st stories are important in empowering our young people, young girls and young boys. You know, that was one of the things that struck us during the campaign 
were these young kids that were so engaged with this and said, you know, if I, if this happens, if this changes, I can tell my children that I was part of it. And they will be engaged civically, re-engaged in a way that people haven't been engaged in so long. So this one simple symbolic act could really reignite our civic engagement. And that's something that's been lacking for a long time. So we look at it that way. We look at it as trying to get people back engaged, get talking about our history. We're not rewriting history. We're telling history the way it was, that parts that were omitted, either by design, by commission, or just plain omission. Well, Barbara, thanks for... uh taking the time to talk to me about this topic. Um, I'm sorry you're disappointed about missing that 2020 deadline, uh, but uh, let's touch base again in maybe two years and see where we're at with it. Yeah, let's talk again. Maybe we'll have a Harriet Tubman tribute bill in front of the president to see what happens with that. All right, thanks. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. And remember, you can download every episode of Point Week Podcast for free from the iTunes Store or stream it online on our YouTube channel. For Coin Week, I'm editor Charles Morgan. Until next time, happy collecting.